We are talking Denver Broncos today. Very special guest, Cody Rourke, the host of Locked On Broncos, the new look Broncos team. They got a new coaching staff, and most importantly, I think they got a new quarterback. What's this team going to look like in a powerhouse AFC West in 2022? Coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you as usual at the Peacock at Williamson NFL. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see another face here on the screen with us today. We have the great Cody Rourke at Cody Rourke NFL joining us, the host of Locked On Broncos. And Cody, uh, we get asked the question a lot: Who won the offseason? And uh, if it's not the if it's not the Broncos, it's another team in the AFC West. So this has got to be like one of the most exciting off seasons you've had to cover since at least since hosting Locked On Broncos and and maybe ever with the Broncos. Uh, you know, I'd say the stakes are essentially higher right now, Brian, than they ever have been here for this Broncos team. There's always been excitement every single year from Broncos fans, you know, defense. But the main question has always been quarterback: who's going to be the guy? You know, the quarterback carousel graphic that we see on Fox broadcast, everyone got tired of that. And now it's come to an end with the addition of Russell Wilson, which was kind of a move out of left field. I don't think anybody expected that. I know, like, the day it happened, we had no expectation of that because Broncos uh, country was kind of aiming on the lines that they were still in the hunt for Aaron Rodgers. They were waiting for Rodgers to make his decision. He stays in Green Bay. And then a couple hours later, bam, Russell Wilson to the Broncos. It's been a roller coaster ever since. It's been fun. You mentioned expectations now are a little different. I mean, I think us national folks that aren't super tied in with the team look at this, you know, the Broncos and go, they pretty much have to be a playoff team at this point. But do you think that they are a Super Bowl contender? Yeah, it's hard to say, right? Because yeah. first year head coach Nathaniel Hackett, uh, you know, brand new year, obviously with the new quarterback and Russell Wilson, those guys have been working extra overtime to try to get up to speed on the offense, try to bring it along. And, and really the cool thing is, is that it's taking what Russell Wilson has had success with offensively in his career, combining that and meshing that with what Nathaniel Hackett loves to do best. And it's going to be this hybrid offense that we're going to see coming into 2022. So it's really hard to say if the offense can explode and if the defense could play how it played last year, I think they could be a Super Bowl contender. Is there any early returns on Russell Wilson? I know, you know, he's got an interesting personality and it comes off kind of cornball sometimes. And I, I host Locked on 49ers and I know a lot, a lot of 49ers fans, you know, <laughs> with him being with the Seahawks and being sort of a nemesis in the division. They make fun of Russell Wilson a lot, but they're also jealous of, of how good he plays football and, and how he elevates a football team. And there is some leadership aspect of it, of it, you know, when you when you pull back the curtain and you kind of peel back the layers of the some of the corniness and, and Mr. Unlimited and all the stuff he's done in the past. Does he have a new nickname for himself this season? And what's the early returns on Russell Wilson so far? Uh, you know, no new nickname for Russ so far. Things have been really good. The mantra for the Broncos has been let's ride, which, you know, I think everyone in Broncos country is really excited about. It's obviously a little cool mantra considering, uh, you know, when we talk about the Broncos and a lot of times when the fireworks open up there, you know, the horse runs out as well. <laughs> so that's kind of a cool analogy there. But no, I think the impact of Russ, the early returns have been great so far when we talk about tangible leadership. I mean, what he, the impact he's had on these receivers so far on the offense, really getting them up to speed. The way that they prepare for things, the way that they're practicing here in OTAs is really predicated upon following Russell Wilson's lead and even Tim Patrick, Broncos wide receiver, former San Francisco 49er, by the way, has had a lot of great things to say about the way that Russ does things. You know, he said it's 
almost like you don't have to lead because you just want to follow what Russ is doing. Whatever Russ is doing, if you feel like you're not doing anything like he is, then you shouldn't belong on the team. That's kind of how he's felt. So Russ has come in right away and has kind of transformed the offensive culture in there. I'm obviously working with Clint Kubiak, the new quarterback coach for the Broncos, former Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator, has been a great combination for them as well. But uh, even defensive players said, hey, he's making us better because his ability to scramble and extend plays. And Brian, you're familiar with this as well. You know, the moment you think you have Russell Wilson wrapped up, he can spin out. And hey, that adds a dynamic to the Broncos offense. They simply haven't had at quarterback probably since Jake Plummer. That's the only thing I can think of. That's 2005, 2006. So it's been a long, long time since that's happened. So you kind of touched on it earlier. I mean, this this new marriage between Hackett and Russ. And I, I don't know that you have this answer. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I mean, what do you expect run pass ratio? Is it going to look like the Packers? Is it going to look like Seattle? Are they finally going to let Russ cook? I hate that, that, that little saying, by the way, but <laughs> is it going to be a pass first team? I, he's a great deep ball passer. Do you think that's going to be a foundation? Like, what are you expecting to see? I mean, for me, I feel like there will be established balance. I, I don't think in this league you want to be too pass-happy, right? We see it all mm-hmm. the time. I think you have to have the perfect combination between the ability to run the ball and the ability to throw it. And, and I think for Russell Wilson, he's going to have more opportunities to throw it in Denver than he did in Seattle, which is a great thing. But they're still going to be focused on the run because they do have Javante Williams, who is expected to be their premier back this season. And they re-signed Melvin Gordon, who's expected to be the guy that steps up behind him. And granted, they had the same amount of touches last season, each running back at 203 total touches so I don't think that those roles really mean anything at this point because both guys can complement each other really well and I think that with Russell Wilson's ability to run as well I think you're going to see just this wide open offense I don't know if you're going to see much of like you know looking at the Green Bay offense versus looking at a Seattle offense I think that you're going to see kind of a hybrid combination out of it and Tim Patrick said something along the lines of we have a specific formation and off that formation, depending on the coverage, depending on the splits, depending on down the distance, I may have five different routes that I'll be, I'll have to check into as a receiver there. So that's something that they're working on there. They said it's something that hasn't been seen before. It's <laughs> one of one. So, Hey, we'll see how it, how it goes, but the Broncos want to come out of the gates firing on offense this upcoming season. They said they don't want to make excuses. And Tim Patrick himself even said, Hey, it's super bowl or bust here for the Broncos. Definitely want to get to the defensive side of the ball as well, and maybe your thoughts about the the division as a whole. But just looking at this offense and trying to figure out how things are going to go, it's difficult for for me to picture. And this happens a lot in the NFL. So when you have the young running back coming in, this is kind of almost a fantasy football angle here with this. You know, if, if you're drafting fantasy football players from that offense, Russell Wilson aside, it sounds like you think Javante Williams is going to be the guy that gets the bigger piece of the pie. But it seems to me that it's it's difficult for that dynamic to change when you bring back the same veteran player. So you still have Gordon there. Is it going to look closer to 50, 50, or is it going to be a true one, two running back situation there? Because I, I have my doubts. It is a different coaching staff, which helps, but I always have my doubts when they bring back the old guy and he's a veteran and he's a good player. And I'm sure, you know, upstairs, he's going to be smart. He's going to be where he needs to be. He's going to be where he needs to be with routes. He's going to be where he needs to be, you know, in pass protection and those kind of things. So it's hard to keep those types of players off the field as talented as Williams is. From a fantasy football perspective, are you all in on on Williams being the guy there? And then a secondary question there with the receivers, who are you drafting on the outside in your I mean. 
I would be all in on Javante Williams. And the reason why he's been the number one guy at OTAs, Melvin Gordon hasn't attended OTAs, which look, it's voluntary. You know, it's completely normal for veteran players to not attend OTAs. But I would say that Javante in a brand new offensive scheme that is so new, that has new terminology, new coaches, new landmarks and how they're doing things. And even Javante Williams said, hey, this is the most complex offense I've ever been in in my playing career, dating back to high school, dating back to college. So Melvin Gordon is not there actually getting reps on the field. So the estimation is mandatory minicamp June 13th through the 15th is that we'll see the first appearance there for Melvin Gordon. So as long as Javante has the advantage right now and the coaches really do believe inside that building, he's going to be the premier guy. They're going to use, they may even use three running backs to be honest with you here, Brian. They may use him, uh, Melvin Gordon and Mike Boone, who's entering the final year of his deal. One of George Payton's guys that kind of had a little bit of uh, an impressive small sample size last season. But if you're a fantasy football player, and a manager there, I would say Javante Williams would be my guy that I would choose now to go to your second point at receiver. This is where it's very tough to project here. And I think a lot of it will be contingent upon health. Now, last year, what we saw for the Broncos, Corlin Sutton, as we know, you know, with good quarterback play could be one of the best deep ball threats in the NFL. Now, he didn't necessarily have that because that just wasn't Teddy Bridgewater's dynamic as a quarterback. So he kind of struggled with getting that consistency and that footing in because the deep passing game really wasn't there consistently enough for the Broncos. A lot of people thought, okay, hey, Jerry Judy was going to take off in last year's offense, but Pat Shermer decided to use him on motions and as a decoy, and his production dropped zero total touchdowns. I would say still, for the third consecutive year in a row, the most consistent, reliable playmaker that the Broncos have had since 2018 at the receiver position, it's going to be Tim Patrick. Now in the last two years, 11 touchdowns combined for him. He has proven to, to be reliable in any way, shape, or form. And I think that he'll be the constant here as well. But we could see a wild card in K.J. Hamler, who's coming off of an ACL injury, is up to speed and is ready for training camp. And hey, he might be that deep ball dynamic threat that the Broncos have been missing. But right now the Broncos have four or five really good wide receiving options right now. But if I had to choose somebody who I think will be the most consistent, the most reliable, it's going to have to be with Timmy Patrick based on what we've seen so far. Ooh, it sounds like yeah. it's a, a committee backfield and a committee wide receiver group going on with the Denver Broncos. Uh, I'm, I'm still holding out hope for my draft crush and Jerry Judy from a couple of years. Absolutely. Ago. He had, yeah. had a, a minor brush, uh, you know, with with an arrest in the offseason. But that that those charges have been dismissed. And so uh, we'll see. It's going to be fun. And Russell Wilson can distribute the football. Um Really quick, uh, Cody, uh, we're going to have you back for one more segment. I want to talk about the defense and the AFC West. But first, I've got to let the folks out there know about Blue Nile. At BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dream, gifting classic and timeless jewelry pieces, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. So whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her. With the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. And and one of the things I love the most about BlueNile.com is the help they can give you. Because if you're a guy like me who has trouble deciding on these types of gifts, you know you want to buy something nice. A nice jewelry piece for the special person in your life, right? You go to BlueNile.com. You can chat with a jewelry expert. They're on hand 24-7 to help you find exactly what you need, either by chat or via phone at Blue Nile. So they can help you help direct you the direction you want to go there and, and find the right piece at the right budget with his key uh, at, at BlueNile.com. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and the Peacock and Williamson uh, show with listeners getting $50 off purchases 
of $500 or more. This is a podcast exclusive, including engagement as well. So use promo code locked on. That is code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. So shop stress free and find your forever peace at bluenile.com today. I want to thank everybody once again for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. And we have a special, uh, just special favor to ask of you with our survey going on network wide. It's an opportunity for you listeners to let us know what you like, what you don't like about Locked On Podcast. So go to lockedonpodcast.com slash survey right now. It won't take very long. And everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 tickets. Ticketmaster uh, gift cards. So again, that is lockedonpodcast.com slash survey to find that survey and let us know what you like, what you love, and maybe what you think could be better with Locked On Podcasts, including this one. And I appreciate your help on that. All right, let's get back to the Denver Broncos, the AFC West here with Cody Rourke. By the way, he's a must-follow, not only for the Denver Broncos information, but NFL information in general, at Cody Rourke NFL. Make sure you're following him there. Cody, the defense, no Vic Fangio, which is which is big, because we talked a lot about on offense, and uh, a rising tide lifts all boats with Russell Wilson coming in. You know, you've got a new offensive scheme. We'll see what that ends up looking like. But Vic Fangio is pretty important to every defense he's ever been a part of. And so personnel-wise, how are the Broncos looking up front? How excited are you about the defensive side of the ball? Are you worried as much as the offense maybe takes a bump up? Could the defense take a step back from what we've seen the last couple of years? Well, you know, hey, I have seen that Vic Fangio has been hanging out at the 49ers practice facility during some OTAs. He, you know, <laughs> we could see a consulting role for him. He's a smart defensive mind. And I'd say what he's able to do for the Broncos defensively, he put them in a really, really good position. And when they dealt with serious injuries, they had guys step up. And I think it was due to the system he had in place. Now, the Broncos will be kind of running the same exact system here under Ejiro Everell, the new defensive coordinator that came over from the Los Angeles Rams, was their passing game coordinator, their secondary coach. For the last several seasons, he's had a chance to work with guys like Wade Phillips, Vic Fangio, uh, back when he was with the San Francisco 49ers. So he's bringing a lot of that. Plus, they have Dom Capers as a senior defensive assistant consultant that is going to be up in the box, relaying stuff down to Evero, who will be on the field here for this Broncos team in 2022. Uh, and a lot of it is kind of the same carryover, just different terminology, same exact scheme. The Broncos expected to run a little bit more of the nickel and dime this upcoming season versus the base 3-4 defense. They may play even even a more of an even front this upcoming season to play around with the versatility that they have in the secondary and at linebacker as well. But just a, a multitude of options. The Broncos are returning a majority of their key players. They've added in some new key pieces. Obviously, I think one of the bigger additions this offseason comes on the defensive interior with DJ Jones, who you're very familiar with there, Brian, as a plugging run stopper there. The Broncos were bad last year against the run. I think he's going to help out, especially in the A and the B gap and being able to create space for other players. Kwan Williams coming inside the nickel to replace Bryce Callahan. And you still have Patrick Sertan and Ronald Darby at the corner spots. So then you bring back Kareem Jackson on a one-year deal alongside Justin Simmons, who you just extended last offseason. Denver's in a really good spot returning a lot of these key guys. Oh, and then an edge rusher, they go out and they add Randy Gregory from the Dallas Cowboys. Denver on paper right now has a lot of talent. Now the question is, new defensive coordinator, how long will it take Ajiro Evero to maybe adjust to actually call in the place for the first time in his career? That's that's going to be a question we're following. 
Yeah, a guy on that defense that I just love is Sertain, last year's first-round pick. And I think a lot of people, when that happened, thought, man, this draft pick might be going to Aaron Rodgers, or even after they drafted Sertain, the Packers have this big corner need. Is Sertain going to be part of a Rodgers trade post-draft? You know, who knows? And in the end, I just think they got an awesome young player. You know, we did a, a podcast recently about the top guys under 25 years old, and Sertain is very much in that mix as a top guy. Do you see him becoming not just a good corner, but maybe a top two or three corner in the league? Uh, it's it's very possible. And the, the yeah. thing that gives me kind of a hunch on that, I mean, four interceptions last season, he had 14 passes defensed as a rookie, and he only allowed, I believe it was a 61 quarterback rating when targeted last season. He's just such a fundamental cornerback technique-wise. He reminds a lot of Broncos country of Champ Bailey, literally technique, uh, you know, the way that he conducts himself, very quiet, very humble on that football field. He's very Champ Bailey. Like even Champ Bailey came out and said, hey, I see a lot of myself in this guy, hmm. and, and he could be very exciting. Not so bad. So, no, not at all. So <laughs> that's kind of where we're at. I mean, I think that we, we just did an episode on Lockdown Broncos. Who are the most irreplaceable players on the Broncos roster? We had to choose three players. We went with Russell Wilson, obviously. We went with Patrick Sertan the second, and we went with Justin Simmons as the top three irreplaceable players that if something were to happen, Denver would be in a lot of trouble with that this season. He has been fantastic. He's been such a fun player to watch, uh, and he's growing. I mean, even Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons have said, you know, he looked great as a rookie. He looks ridiculous now. He's kind of become a veteran, which is very weird. You never really hear that about a guy who was a rookie the year before becoming kind of acting like a veteran in that DB room. But, I mean, he's learning from guys like Justin Simmons or Kareem Jackson. He's embodied that. He's taken on a leadership role, and, and he he, does, he lets his play do the talking. He's going to be a fun player to watch. Yeah, Sertan has everything, too. You know, coming in as just a pro, technique, height, weight, speed. You love the package there. And looking back at the draft, I was thinking, man, the, uh, Matt was talking about the, the angle of the veteran trade, but I was thinking, dude, you're, you're passing on uh, Justin Fields and Mac Jones. Right, right. The corner, you got to figure out the quarterback situation. And then 12 months later, Oh, they figured out the quarterback situation, <laughs> and they got a good yeah, corner. Yeah. You know, it, it took an extra year, but they got that thing figured out. So very excited there. Um, what do you, if you had to put money on it right now, what, what, what would the standings look like for the Broncos? Because you're excited if you're a Broncos fan. They got so much better, and then you see what the Chargers are doing, and they got so much better. And the Chiefs are already. You know, they've been the top of that division for a while now and they're not going anywhere. They're a little bit in transition, but man, they, you know, they've got some pieces as well. And, and the Raiders got a ton better. And I think just by, you know, bringing in a new staff, they've got some things figured out and seem like they're going in the right direction, at least offensively. I'm a little bit worried about them defensively. So let's just all assume. And I think everybody on the podcast would agree right now. Some listeners might not. And you can at me at BD Peacock if you don't like it. I think the Raiders, you got to project them fourth in the division, um, even though they're really good. And in some other divisions, I might project them first. But in this division, I'm going to project them fourth. The other three teams, this is going to be fun. And, you know, look, and it never goes as you think. So the Raiders could still win that division. But it's going to be a battle right there. How do you feel about the prospects of the Broncos, especially against the Chargers and the Chiefs going into the year now? No, I feel like every AFC West game is going to be like an episode of Sons of Anarchy. I think that's exactly <laughs> what it's going to be like. It's just going to be a bloodbath there. You know, it, it, I would say for me, just looking at it, Denver has a favorable schedule to start the season. Now, it's granted, you know, a lot of people reference, okay, based on how teams played last year versus this year. I look at the Chiefs' first six, seven games, and oh my gosh, it is 
probably the most brutal stretch in the NFL, at least on paper right now. So if Kansas City struggles coming out of the gate and let's say Denver wins, it gives them a little bit of an advantage. Now, the Broncos' first divisional matchup is going to be against the Raiders in week four. That That's going to be a tough one to watch. So for Denver, they've really had a hard time taking care of business inside the division. Now, the only success that they've really had was splitting with the Chargers the last couple of years. They've been able to do that. Uh, outside of that, they have struggled to beat the Raiders. They haven't beaten Kansas City since 2015. They've lost 13 straight games against them. If Denver is going to get over the hump and if they're going to have a chance to win the AFC West this year, they need to at least win one game against the Chiefs this upcoming season unfortunately you know that matchup is going to happen at the back end of the schedule which as we know the final games are the most important now Denver has I think arguably the toughest final six to seven games left in the regular season going from weeks 12 all the way through week 17 and it ends with the Los Angeles Chargers at home and so you're gonna have a lot of your AFC West games and those things I think Denver could they could win the division but until somebody beats Kansas City until Denver beats Kansas City in one of these head-to-head matchups then I, you know, like I said, it's Kansas City's division to lose still, in my opinion. I think the Chargers are going to be a very dangerous team. It was ridiculous they didn't make the playoffs last year. Brandon Staley made some better coaching decisions late in some games for them. They could have gotten into the playoffs. It would have been a lot more entertaining watching Justin Herbert versus Joe Burrow in that wildcard round versus, you know, Derek Carr there. Or, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers wouldn't have even been in the playoffs. We would have had a more entertaining matchup for them against the Kansas City Chiefs. So I I think this year Denver can finish first in the division. I think for me where I could realistically put them, I think it's a coin flip between them and the Chargers for number two and number three in the division right now, which is very hard to say where it's going to go because – We have yet to see any games be played, but that's kind of where my early, way too early preseason standings kind of indicate there. So if things were to go off the rails, and I'm not talking about three-win season or anything like that, but if if they're not in the thick of the playoff hunt, the top 10 type of NFL team, what went wrong? You know, what what area of this team, and and I don't want to hear injuries, Russ missed the whole year. I mean, anyone could do that. Aaron Rodgers missed the whole year. Brady missed the whole year. Would it be O-line? Would it be rookie coach, you know, uh, maybe not a symmetry between scheme and players in year one. Like what parts were you, what could go wrong? Well, you know, you took away the one mulligan I had there with obviously the injuries. That's yeah, been something that's, that's but that impacts yeah. that impacts every team. You know, for me, I'd say it, it could be rookie coaching staff, like a lot of young coaches, sure. a lot of guys that don't have a lot of NFL experience. So for them, they could be behind the curve a little bit when they do play some of the more veteran coaching staffs that they will be facing this upcoming season. That to me right now really is the only indication that I have Granted the injury, we're not even going to talk about that. Uh, But I think that that would probably be the most realistic situation if things weren't to go right for Denver. It could be just the fact that the coaching staff simply doesn't have enough experience yet. But, you know, they could grow from it. They could get better if that's the case. Yeah, adjusting to the adjustments is huge for a young coaching staff, for young quarterbacks, even for aging quarterbacks, because we've seen how that's looked in Seattle, where they go off, they get a hot start, and then Russell Wilson fizzles after cooking for the first half of the year. Uh, so, yeah, that, that can happen with any team, and, and we've seen that with Russell Wilson. So very interesting there in Denver, what's going on with the team that's been built there and the arms race. And, I mean, we, we focus a lot on the quarterbacks, but, man, uh, I love the pass rushers that have been added to every team got pass rushers to hunt those quarterbacks as well, including the Broncos. You mentioned Gregory earlier, uh, second round pick on Nick Benito, who's just got speed off the edge, you know, sort of a, a fastball only guy right now, but, you know, trying to go get the, and Malik Reed too, who was one of my draft crushes a couple of years ago that was stolen as an undrafted guy for 
uh, for the Broncos, too. So I can't wait to watch not only the quarterbacks, not only all the talent there, but those pass rushers hunt in that division as well. It's going to be a ton of fun. Cody, I know you got to run. We appreciate you jumping on with the show, uh, jumping on the show with us. Uh, you're always a fun person to talk to. And so, you know what? Let's just do it more often. That way uh, our listeners can hear a lot more of Cody Rourke and let them know where else they can hear more Cody Rourke. Yeah, absolutely. You can check out the Lockdown Broncos podcast, free and available everywhere you get your podcast every single day. Also available on YouTube if you want to watch us in 4K <laughs> high definition on your phone, your TV, or your computer. We have you covered every single day because for the true fan, there's never an off season. <laughs> that is exactly right. Everyone else is here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Cody, appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Finish up this pod, talk a little bit more about the West, talk a little bit more about those Denver Broncos and where they're at and uh, maybe a little fantasy angle as well. But I want to let the folks out there know about Bet Online. You can bet on those Denver Broncos to win the Super Bowl. Tons of NFL futures at Bet Online. Rookies of the year. Uh, you can bet on yardage props, sack numbers for some of those pass rushers in that AFC West division. You can find all the latest sports development, odds, news at your number one source for all betting stats and sports information at bet online this year's nba playoffs are happening nhl hockey conference finals major league baseball the latest fighting news mma ufc boxing live betting esports and a ton more and of course those nfl futures which are a lot of fun at bet online so Get over to the website today. Use your desktop or mobile device to learn more about all the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Looking at this Denver Broncos team now, uh, and the more you look at every team in the division, we were talking about the Chargers yesterday. I was getting really excited about the Chargers. I'm like, man, you know, I think this team can win it. Cody had a great point there earlier about the Kansas City Chiefs. It's like, well, okay, you can project all you want, but you've got to knock off that team that owns the division right now, which is sure. the Chiefs. And we'll see what that looks like. A little bit of a new look there. A little bit of a new look going on with, uh, with the Denver Broncos. And the, and the Chiefs, you know, have some consistency now. Second-year coach, uh, you know, quarterback, and then, adding a, a ton of talent there as well. So it's going to be so much fun. But when you really look at all of this and you look at it together, we've talked a lot about these teams. Do you have a team that's your favorite right now? Because we can talk about what's happening in the offseason, but yeah, when it all comes together. Are you still putting all your money on the Kansas City Chiefs? Not all of it, but a chunk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and the biggest reason why is – Change is wonderful. And I'm talking about division-wide change. You know, we're talking about new quarterbacks like Russell Wilson, you know, Devontae Adams. You mentioned the pass rushers that have come into this division. But change isn't always good. <laughs> you know, change is fun for me and you and the listeners, and I can't wait to watch every AFC West game. But two new coaches and a second-year coach where the Chiefs have the guy that just wins – five or six NFC West games every year before Mahomes is even there. Hall of Fame coach that knows exactly what he's doing with a great pulse of his team. And it's not like Kansas City's short on talent. I mean, maybe they're not the most talented roster in the division. I might give that to the Chargers. But the combination of Reed and Mahomes to me has to give them the edge. And as we talked about earlier in the show, and you just mentioned too, they very much have that big brother feel to them. You know, I mean, uh, we always bring things back to our divisions. You know, the, for most of my lifetime, 
the Ravens and Steelers have owned the North and the, the Ohio teams have had to bite and, you know, claw to even be competitive and they don't win very often when they do, it's like they win the Super Bowl. And I feel like we might have a year of that with the Chargers, Broncos and Raiders of, wow, we split with the Chiefs, you know, like that's not quite good enough. You know, you need to be the team winning five or six division games. From a fantasy perspective, I asked Cody. I didn't love what I heard. I don't want to draft Tim any Patrick. and get like it's a, it, Tim Patrick seems like he's the deal, right? So draft the guy that you get the latest. So I'm, I'm drafting right. Tim Patrick is what it sounded like because I, I we've talked about it a lot. I love Jerry Judy. I could see a you know Tyler Lockettish sort of production there, yeah. and, and even more with Jerry Judy because Judy can get deep. He can he can find the seam on catch and run stuff. He's got great feet. Can he put it together with this quarterback and this coaching staff, or is he always going to be the guy who's just? And he's had some pretty good stats. It's just been you know. Mm-hmm. Having hasn't measured up to some of the other top young wide receivers we've seen around the league. So it's not like Judy's been bad or anything either. Can you take that next step with a big quarterback? But there's also so many mouths to feed on offense. And, you know, will they just sort of all, you know, um, take a little bit off of each other's plate? And then Javante Williams was like, let's go all in on this guy. Young, talented. He's going to be the guy. They bring back Gordon. Oh, you know what is, is right 60 40 is not good enough you know? so now I'm, I, I don't know what to think anymore do you, do you have a good feeling about um about those uh, you know from a dynasty perspective still give me all the javante williams right and sure still, and I'm, I'm still in on jerry judy and i still think you could probably go get him at a bargain in some of your fan in some of your dynasty leagues uh if you wanted to do that um but i don't I know we're talking more fantasy though with this team because yeah I felt I had a better grip on the team a half hour ago than I do now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's talking about Boone and Patrick and Hamler. And we didn't even bring up like Dolchich and Albert O like those guys aren't starters. You know, like I, I don't want them getting in the way of my Judy stock and my Javante Williams stock. The, the, you know, strictly fantasy we're talking here, bringing Gordon back hurt me enough with my you know Javante Williams stock. I mean, he's going to play, it's not going to be the Javante show and then Gordon comes in for a series here and there. I mean, maybe Williams gets a bigger you know, share of the touches than he did last year. I think, that, as Cody mentioned, they both had equal touches. That sounds familiar to me, too. I'm sure Javante will out-touch Gordon, but I need him to be a 75% guy, not a 60% guy, you know, to really you know, match his ADP in any format right now. And the guy we didn't talk enough about is Cortland Sutton to me. I, I'm with you. I love Jerry Judy. Like if I'm picking these team, you know, for my Steelers or for any random team, I'm taking Judy all day long as I love him. But I look at Sutton and Cody touched on this. Russell Wilson is so much better for Sutton than Bridgewater was. And I also think Sutton is a little bit more of a Wilson friendly player than Judy is perhaps just as a downfield pseudo Metcalf type, you know, I look at Judy as a precise route runner and Lockett's kind of a, you know, broken play downfield guy, you know, Judy, I had to see coming out of the breaks on an out route, 12 yards, boom, that's there. Like Judy would have been great with Peyton Manning. You know what I mean? And he'd be good with anybody, but I keep leaning towards for what they cost. I think I would take Sutton ahead of Judy because he's cheaper. Right. Yeah. And and can Sutton reclaim that? And then you have, yeah, they're just going to vulture each other. Cause then on the outside, if you've got maybe Judy doing some things in the slot and you've got Tim Patrick on one side and, 
Cortland Sutton on the other side, are they going to vulture those downfield throws? Because that's where Russell Wilson is so good is getting the ball down the field. But then in the slot, is KJ Handler going to vulture the Jerry Judy touches? Mm -hmm. And so like each way you're looking at the running backs, you're looking at the receivers, you're looking at the slot guys, the outside guys. There's so much talent on this team that everybody's kind of vulturing somebody else. And we'll see who Russell Wilson ends up loving. And I'm with you. Whoever's the cheapest is, is the ones to own. And then he throws Mike Boone in there and it's like, well, gosh. I don't want to hear Tim Patrick and Mike Boone's name. Come on, man. KJ Hamler? Yeah, right. I mean, I want, man, they're going to feed Sutton like crazy. Or, boy, they love Judy. And what we don't know, which is interesting to me, and and it's always hard to tell in the preseason or beat writers' reports, but Russell Wilson might find his whoopee. He might find his favorite guy. And that could be Judy because he's such a precise route runner. I mean, uh, we don't know. Right. Yeah. And and who's that guy that really has that sixth sense with him once he does get out mm. of the pocket and then breaks off the route and is like, boom, boom. And, you, you know, so it's going to be fun. Denver Broncos right. are going to be really good. Um, and there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of defensive coordinators bringing heat on those quarterbacks too, which I think is yeah. the fascinating because we talk about the arms race on offense and we mentioned this with Cody a little bit, but man, every one of those teams and even the Raiders, like Chandler Jones, Khalil Mack, um randy gregory plus a second round pick right with with the broncos like everybody's loading up to go get those quarterbacks as well so this is going to be so much fun in this division i can't wait for it 100 uh last denver nugget i just wanted to throw out there when i asked cody you know what could derail this team i kind of slightly mentioned offensive line i'm not saying it's a bad offensive line but I don't know that it's a strength of the team. I think it's fine, you know, and I thought Garrett Bowles was a little better the year they didn't call holding when there was nobody in the stands, you know, (laughs) like, I mean, I'm not sure that, and trust me, I know this from firsthand experience, Mike Munchak coaching up that offensive line went a really long way, and I don't understand why they didn't bring him back. So I'm just going to keep an eye on the O-line. Looking at the bodies on the offensive line too, it's sort it's it's solid, but you know, yeah, okay. left tackle Dalton Reisner, I like a lot. It's second round pick a couple of years ago. You know, he's not a superstar, but you know, solid left guard. Cushionberry at center, uh, Graham Glasgow at right guard. They brought in Billy Turner from the Packers to play right tackle, and it's just solid. So they're you know they're in good shape. But what I think about is Russell Wilson probably looks at that and says, "Oh, this is the best offensive line that I've ever played behind." So just right. being pretty good is is probably awesome for russell wilson so he's probably excited about it so I, that that's what I, i'm looking at here is like so many weapons and the offensive line is actually pretty good for a russell wilson offensive line so maybe maybe it even plays, maybe it plays up for what it looks like on paper is just being solid you could be 100 right uh, it just it seems like something that people aren't talking about that could be a problem again i mm-hmm. wouldn't lump it in one of the five or 10 worst lines in the league. And they also have Quinn Miner, who I loved last year coming out of college. I mean, the, the interior looks pretty good. That right tackle situation worries me a little bit though. I mean, that's the guy that blocks Bosa and, you know, we know who the pass rushers are in the division. Oh, he's going to see Bosa. He's going to see Khalil Mack. He's going to see Cosby <laughs> right. and Chandler Jones. And yeah, yeah. yep. Th- th- those are, those are tough asks for some offensive tackles, especially if they have to block a you know a half second longer for Russell Wilson versus maybe some other quarterbacks in the the West Coast offense that getting the ball out in two and a half seconds. So mm-hmm. fun, fun team to talk about. Appreciate Cody Rourke joining us once again here. We got on- a lot of guests coming your way, by oh, the way, we're, folks. We're yeah, it's guest season. As much of the locked on community as we can, because as you can tell from Cody Rourke's knowledge, is is you're not going to find better knowledge anywhere. That's why you come to the Locked On Podcast Network because all of these hosts 
are the experts on their teams. And so we're going to talk to as many of them as we can to get ready for training camp in 2022. We appreciate everybody out there making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe to the show on all of your podcast platforms on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel as well. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.